Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another edition of Weapons Hot Mission Briefs here on NESSP. I'm your host, CJ the Painkiller D. Simone. I do apologize. Had a little bit of technical issues that were going on. Uh, basically a power surge, which pretty much shut everything down and everything is coming back up, but it's a little bit, you know, um, what's the word should I say? It's coming up a little bit slower than it should be coming up. So uh, I want to thank everyone for their patience. I do, again, I do apologize uh, for the comment for just for all the technical issues tonight. I mean, it was just something that I really didn't, uh, really didn't count on. But um, now I'm also in the past. Uh, I'm also in the process of possibly getting a guest to come and join me. Um, so, you know, uh, again, just a lot of moving parts. None of it came the way or did what it was supposed to do. So nevertheless, uh, Again, just, man, it's, it, I, I really even thought about, especially after the debacle with Buffalo, all right, I really 100% honestly, seriously thought about even not even bothering doing the show tonight because just how frustrated I am with the Jets, frustrated I am with their situation. And I've just basically, my frustration has basically now just turned into apathy. And I really just don't care. Like, if you actually look at the title of tonight's show, there was really little or no effort put into it. Same old Jets, because this is exactly what it is. It's the same old Jets, unfortunately. So, again, like I said, I'm trying to... Uh, get a um a guest to come and join me i'm hoping that he is getting my messages right now as we speak so i'm hoping that yeah after a few minutes he will uh he'll come and hop on so but if not then you know at least we tried uh but nevertheless you know now Let's talk a little bit about the Buffalo game, although I really don't want to talk about it. But, I mean, really, what the hell else is there to talk about? Okay. But there are actually a few things that are going on in Jets land which really do need to be discussed, which is a good thing. Okay. First things first, let's get the game out of the way. Jets lose 32-9 to and basically just a, a, a game in – uh, that really just when when I pull up the stats and I'm actually going to pull up the stats for you guys the reason being is because I just am just at the point where it, it, it's like when you go and take a look at everything right you go you go and take a look at oh excuse me not 32 to 6 32 to 9 excuse me I gave the Jets an extra three points that they really didn't deserve that they should have had, but, you know, they didn't because of their uh, offensive ineptitude. But that's not really the point. The point that I really want to go through is basically this, all right? One of the things that I had said was I didn't feel like that this was a winnable game for the New York Jets from the word go. Even though a lot of people were like, oh, this is best time for the Jets to catch the Bills. 
you know, tra- they're, they're in the middle of transition and so on and so forth. You guys heard me say this last week, that I just don't have enough confidence in the New York Jets as an organization, the New York Jets as a football team, to be able to actually take advantage of a team when they are in transition. And I actually said this on the uh, the show that I that I come with, that I jump on every Wednesday night at 6 p.m. with the other guys from uh, from NESSP. And, you know, it, one of the things that I had said was, I just don't have the confidence that the Jets are going to be able to take advantage of a team in transition because they themselves have no offensive identity. They can't get the running game going. Their wide receivers are dropping passes. And when they are catching passes, unfortunately, you know what they're doing? They're trying to go and trying to win the game with one play. And that's what's happening with Garrett Wilson. Alan Lazard is a completely different animal. And yes, I'll talk about that. And I, again, I do apologize. Um, just a little bit out of sorts here, but we'll, we'll, we'll straighten it out. So one of the things that when I look at Garrett Wilson, okay, they're trying to force feed him the ball. So now I'm actually going to take these off for a second. One of the things they're trying to do is they're trying to force feed him the ball. Okay. Which I just got finished saying. Everybody in the stadium knows this. So what are they going to do? Garrett Wilson's going to be double covered, right? They're going to have a safety over top to make sure that he can't get behind the defense, right? You're also going to have a guy who's going to stick him like glue. So now you would think, oh, you know what? Here's an opportunity for us to be able to spread the ball around. Because if they're putting two guys on Garrett Wilson, then somebody else on the offense probably going to be open. Maybe an Alan Lazard. Maybe a Tyler Conklin. Maybe a C.J. Uzama, Jeremy Rucker, whoever, okay? Put the fucking water boy out there, for God's sakes. Have somebody get open. And the problem is nobody could get open. Nobody could take advantage. The, the Bills pass rush was just fucking all over the Jets all night. Uh, uh, I mean, look, look at these stats. Zach Wilson... 7 for 15, 81 yards. He had an average of 5.1 yards per attack. He had one touchdown, one pick, sacked five times for over 30 yards. His QBR was fucking 3.7, and his quarterback rating was 57.9. You're not going to win a lot of games that way, okay? Tim Boyle stepped in. We had a Tim Boyle uh, appearance, all right? Tim Boyle was 7 for 14, 33 yards, 2.4 average. He had one pick basically in garbage time because at at this point, what the fuck else could go wrong, right? His QBR was was 50.2 and his rating was 26.5. So, and then of course, the quarterback of the day, the best fourth down play that I've seen the New York Jets execute in a very long time. Thomas Morstead going for it with the fake punt actually going and throwing a strike. 18 yards. Okay? That's what the Jets had to look forward to. That's what you looked at 
on uh, on on friggin' uh, uh, on Sunday when he watched his game. At that time, you kind of just look at everything and you just say to yourself, "What in the fuck am I watching?" And then basically, you saw that by halftime. The defense was exhausted. And basically in the third quarter, the defense was just like, you know what? Fuck this. And that's why you started seeing some of the shit. Now, the De- uh, Deion Dawkins or uh, uh, whatever, him saying that the Jets were disrespectful. Deion Dawkins should not fucking open his mouth. He shouldn't, okay? Reason being is, At the end of the play, he decided that he was going to jump on Michael Clemens' back. So Michael Clemens decided to retaliate and threw the guy on the fucking ground. And what did he do? The guy went like this, trying to draw a fucking penalty. Okay? Instead, he ended up getting flagged for unsportsmanlike conduct, which was the correct call. But then after the game, you have the balls to fucking open your mouth and call that disrespectful? How about this? We know you're beating us. There's no need to hang on the fucking rim. There really isn't. Maybe there's a need for you because maybe you need that personal pride and you need that that self-validation. Okay? But there was really no fucking need for that. None. Now, from a Jets fan's well, actually from a football fan's perspective, okay? Never mind the Jets. We'll take the fucking Jets out of it. Okay? From a football fan's perspective, you look at that. You're shaking your head and you're going, what the fuck, man? And then at the end of the game, there were fights going on in the fucking tunnel. Why? Because Rich Stadium, or now whatever the fuck it's called over there in Buffalo, all right? The only stadium in the NFL where both the the home team and the visiting team have to go through the same tunnel in order to get to the locker room. Did you really think that fights weren't going to fucking happen? Come on, you have a Jets defense that has been busting their asses all fucking day. And now you're getting chirped on your way to the locker room. It's only human nature that you're going to want to punch somebody in the fucking face. Because at this point, you're not hearing it. You're you're not hearing it. You're not having it. You don't want to fucking know nothing. Okay? So, that being said, that game was a complete shit show. All right. The whole shit with Deion Dawkins. The, it basically ended up being a get right game for the for the Buffalo Bills, which. Yeah, OK, I, I said that it was going to it was going to end up being a get right game. And again, here is another winnable game for the New York Jets that now went down the toilet. Because of the incapability of the offense to put points on the board. Now, this is not just that defeat of Zach Wilson. You want to bring up the offensive line? That's fine. You could also bring up Alan Lazard. He's my next fucking, uh, my, my next target that I'm going to paint. Okay? Alan Lazard was brought here to be a number two wide receiver. That man has done anything but. If he's not committing a penalty... He's dropping a pass. And then when he catches a pass, he's completely 100% fucking so awkward that he doesn't know what the hell he's supposed to do. So, now real quick, just a side note, my guest just sent me a message. Um, 
he's on his way on. He's having a few technical issues. I guess I'm not the only one who's having technical issues tonight. So I guess, uh, you know, it, it must just be the night for technical issues. So here we go to you, Mr. IT department. All right. That being said, Alan Lazard, who they brought here for Aaron Rodgers, okay, they actually signed him before the, the Rodgers deal was finalized, okay? This fucking kid now, I don't know what it is about playing in New York with people. I, I really don't. Lazard is in Green Bay, catches fucking everything under the sun. Making catches like this, like this, like this. He's got a leg up in the air like this. Making a fucking catch. He walks through the doors of fucking MetLife Stadium. The guy can't catch a fucking cold, let alone a pass. All right? So now you got that fucking albatross of a contract. Okay? And the only fucking hope that we have is that in the next seven games that the Jets are fucking playing, that he finds a way to figure out how to catch the fucking ball if maybe he needs to stick his hands in a vat of fucking stick them. Y'all see the, the y'all remember the movie The Replacements? Right? You remember um uh, I forgot the dude's name, but the coach, Gene Hackman, he put all kinds of shit on his hand and, and, and he's like, Coach, it just, it just looks like I got jerked off a camel. What the hell? Like, what are they gonna do? Put you in football jail? Right. Why? Because that fucking kid was that fast that he could get behind the defense and he couldn't hang on to the ball. So he ended up putting fucking stick him on his hands. And you know what? That's what Alan Lazard needs to fucking do. Maybe he'll actually catch the fucking ball in New York. Now, I'm not going to say that he hasn't made some catches. He has. But in critical key point, critical moments of the fucking game, when you are being looked upon as a playmaker, you were brought here to be a fucking playmaker. You don't do it. But there's a lot of fingers I can fucking point at. How about Xavier Gibson? He's a rookie, right? Kickoff for the fucking game. The Bills the bill's deferred the toss. The fucking kickoff. You muff it and it ends up being a fucking... You, you, you cough it up. Okay? Not muff. You cough it up. And it ends up being a fucking turnover. And the Jet defense right away has to fucking go out there and make the stop of the fucking game first thing at the beginning of the game and hold the Bills to three points. It, it, it's a joke. It's a joke. But the thing is, is that there's so many different facets of this football team that you can blame. You can blame the offensive line. You can blame players. You can, you can blame coaches. You can do whatever the fuck you want. But I'm sorry. You know who I fucking blame? I blame Joe Douglas. Now, I know what people are going to say, okay? People are going to fucking say, well, CJ, what is he supposed to do? Do you think he's supposed to have a fucking crystal ball and da-da-da-da-da and, and know what he's supposed to do? I don't expect a man to have a crystal ball. You had four opportunities, four, to fix the quarterback issue aside from getting Aaron Rodgers. And it's not going and getting Tim Boyle. A dude who fucking made it through training camp, you cut him, 
re-signed him to the practice squad, and then had to had to elevate his ass after Aaron Rodgers went down after after four plays. Zach Wilson was supposed to sit his ass on the bench with a fucking clipboard. This was supposed to be his redshirt year. Okay. Now I'm sorry. I don't know how many people out there are Joe Douglas fans or whatever. I mean, I'm a Joe Douglas fan. I love Joe Douglas. I really do, but you want to know something? There are just some fucking things that he does that make me question his sanity. Now, my guest has just arrived. So I'm going to bring his happy ass on to join. (laughs) I would like to give a warm, weapons hot mission brief. Welcome to Mr. Anthony Blightweiss, one of the fabulous four horsemen. On the podcast, or the, or the 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 video podcast, excuse me, breaking walls, deflating balls. Anthony, welcome to the show. How you doing, man? How are you? I'm doing. I'm doing just peachy. I'm doing just fine. I'm I, I'm in I'm in a great mental state. I didn't jump off a bridge on Sunday. I almost did. I didn't. Okay. So my mental my mental sanity w- w- was was clear enough to not have to yeah. do it. Yeah, right. but wait a second. How much how much did alcohol play play a role in that? Because you know, you uh, you know that your co-hosts are going to have a fucking field day with that. <laughs> yeah, I'm expecting it. Um but you know, I am too, bro, because you know, we we need some answers from yeah. some people that are very high up in the Jets organization for this complete abomination that we've seen on offense these last three weeks um whether it be they should have made a better plan b for you know if aaron Rodgers went down if you know go out and the, what the trade deadline josh dobbs there were options there um but the main focus for my anger is the offensive line and how there was no foresight before the season to think of maybe you know we're coming in with the pro football focus 23rd ranked offensive line. We have an almost 40-year-old quarterback. Maybe we need to make some depth signings or maybe even improve on the offensive line in the offseason with trades or draft pick swaps, what have you. Because what we've seen in the last, God, I mean, even the whole season, they can't open up lanes to block. They can't create a pocket for anybody. I don't care if it's Aaron Rodgers, Zach Wilson, Joe Montana, it doesn't matter. This offensive line can't do anything. And the fact that they were ranked so poorly before the season, now we're on our 13th offensive lineman. We've lost eight of them, including Makai Becton Sr. on Sunday. Again, Vera Tucker earlier in the season, the two anchors, they're gone. How did they allow this to happen? And the fact that they think that Tim Boyle is going to make the situation any better is mind-blowing. And all you Jets fans out there, all you Tim Boyle truthers, I have a lot for you. I've got a whole spiel ready for you, but CJ, I'll let you kind of bring us into that. And how do you feel? Do you think Tim Boyle is going to make a fucking difference here? Well, I'm going to be honest with you. I personally think that the – Benching of Zach Wilson was actually too little, too late, because to me now, Anthony, I'm pretty sure you're you're a member of the live rounds uh, Facebook page. Um, uh, I am actually one of the the admins on there, and mm-hmm. I actually put a a post on there last week. It was actually where I said, "Blame Robert Sala." 
And the reason why I had said blame Robert Sala is because I felt that Zach Wilson should have been benched at halftime for his his ineffectiveness at the quarterback position. And it felt like the second half of the game, regardless of the outcome, Tim Boyle should have been given an opportunity to start. Now, Tim Boyle is actually being given an opportunity to start this upcoming Friday. And we actually did get to see a little bit of Tim Boyle in the offense. We got a small sample size. Now, granted, it was in garbage time. And I mean, he actually did make some good decisions with the ball. The pick that he thrown, totally not his fault. The defender made a, made a, a really, really good move um, as far as jumping the route was concerned. But here's my thing. Now, I know we're, we're, we're coming up against it only a 30-minute show, and I do want you to give the opportunity to please give out your information as well. Um, the thing that I see with, with Tim Boyle starting, Anthony, it can't get any fucking worse than what it is. So, I mean, if you have Zach Wilson at quarterback and you know that you could probably average between six and nine points per football game, probably I would say with Tim Boyle, you could probably maybe get 12, 15, who knows, dare I say, he might actually throw a touchdown pass or two, okay? Maybe our, 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 our offense, which is, I can't even say stuck in neutral anymore. They're just in fucking park. Okay. Mm-hmm. Maybe they might actually start to show a little sign of life. And again, like Robert Sala said on a lot of the press conferences that he has had to do this week. And I bless that man to death because he's had to answer a lot of tough questions. But unfortunately, some of it he brought on himself. You have to make a change for the sake of making a change to see what works. Now, I'm also hoping that we start to see a little bit of Brownlee. Um, Jason Brownlee, they brought that kid up. I want to see him get some burn. Hopefully we get to see a little bit more of Izzy Abanaconda. Okay? Now, to me, even with the offensive line, there's a possibility that Dwayne Brown is going to be coming back into the starting lineup. That supposedly is good news. Here's my biggest bugaboo. Coming into this season... You have a 39-year-old quarterback, number one. Number two, and you thought as a general manager that it was going to be okay to have not one, not two, but three offensive linemen over the age of 34 who are playing all with injury history, and you somehow did not have foresight to say, let's get a couple more guys in here. There are chock full of offensive linemen in the fucking CFL you could have brought in here for a goddamn tryout. <laughs> Maybe even drew a fucking rain barrel and a couple of traffic cones, okay? <laughs> and it might have actually helped. So, I... Uh, <laughs> Anthony, what say you? CJ. What, what, you know, what I, say you? I do. We you know we, we will... Uh, our podcast starts usually on Tuesdays at uh, 8 p.m. We're live on Facebook on our official Breaking Walls and Fading Balls podcast page on Facebook. So we got I actually got to head out here very, very shortly. But I have this to say. I did actually do some due, due diligence today. I had a little time at work to actually start researching a little bit about Tim Boyle. I don't know how much you guys have been have read up on him or have watched any film on him. But 
I will pose you this. He has started in three games in his NFL career over the last four years. Okay. Backup, career backup. That's that, that, that that's what it is. Okay. I'm gonna give you some stats. I'm gonna point out some stats to you. He has thrown, I believe, two touchdowns. He has thrown six interceptions in three games. Those were all with the 2022 Detroit Lions. Mm-hmm. Okay. The 2021 Detroit Lions. The 2021 Detroit Lions had the eighth-ranked offensive line in the league. Okay? That's six interceptions, two of them which were game sealers, just like the, the game sealer he had. I mean, that game was over, no no doubt about it. Either right, way, that yeah, game was uh, over for part of it. That's but why that, I said he came in in garbage time, because there was, there was nothing Tim Boyle was going to do. He was not going to lead a miracle comeback. Sure, but the fact that he's thrown three interceptions, six interceptions in three games behind an eighth-ranked offensive line, and we had a twenty-third-ranked offensive line to start the season, and we've lost eight of them, gets me a little bit worried about him. Um, I did see some some film from him in his during his time with Green Bay, whether he was coming in relief for Aaron or was um, you know in preseason, and he did look decently functional in a pocket, decently, not good. Decently functional. The problem is we don't have a fucking pocket. So now you're going to go back to a pocket passer without Aaron Rodgers' skill set. He might know Nate Hackett's system. Who knows? Maybe Garrett Wilson and Alan Lazard remember how to catch balls too because you can't let them off the hook either because Garrett Wilson was targeted nine times and had two catches. Okay? That's not all just bad throws. Those are drop passes. And Lazard, I'm done with Lazard. The only pass I caught was added to him from a defender. (laughs) Our leading receiver was Eccles, our defensive back, okay? We've got way bigger problems than the quarterback. I think this move by Salah is only a preemptive move to show that the quarterback isn't the problem, to show that he's trying something new, and I'm worried, very worried on Black Friday being the only game in town that Tim Boyle is going to get destroyed out there and you say it can't get much worse i think it can i think i think we can talk and now you're talking about a defense that has Xavier howard and jalen ramsey back there did you see what they did on sunday oh yeah he was all over the field he was unstoppable and the fact mm-hmm. that we have tim boyle thrown into that secondary without an offensive line in front of him to protect him without a, an offensive line that can open up holes to create a run game to create some sort of play action deception this is going to be an absolute disaster and i am extremely worried that this might be the only Tim Boyle we see ever, and we're going to see Zach Wilson again next week because he's going to come out and it's going to be an I told you so. It's going to be an I told you so. And he's doing it to save his job to say, hey, you know what, I'm trying. I'm trying. I put Tim Boyle out there. The fans wanted Tim Boyle. Here we go. You're not going to like what you see. Uh, Johnny Positivity inside, you know me. You know I'm always trying to be optimistic. I want this to work. I want our offensive line to somehow band together. I want Tim Boyle to make good decisions. I don't want our – our star wide receiver to rack up 150 yards. I want Brees Hall to get to run for 100. It's just not going to happen, though. I got the human being with a brain inside me has to has to come to reality here to say that this can get worse and it will get worse. <laughs> There's nothing to do. There's nothing we can possibly do. And the fact that they think that Aaron Rodgers is going to come back to practice on in, in December, December 2nd is the timetable he wanted. They're all saying, "Oh, it's up to him." It's up to him. Aaron Rodgers has nothing to lose. We have everything to lose. Yep. So I, I pose that to you, you know, to, to if you want to 
go on go into that on your show if you want to go into the Aaron Rodgers deal because that's going to be a whole <laughs> another ball game if he ends up coming back to practice because he says he wants to play no matter what and he doesn't have anything he's got he's got a year and a half left the pro ball on him you know, screw it I got no future so what when let me go out there with my Achilles if they, if they let him go out there with this offensive line and he gets injured immediately again that's going to be it for Salah that's going to be it for the entire coaching staff because Woody Johnson as much as you know we like to hate on him he ain't gonna have that he's not gonna have that so then we're going to be in an, in an entirely different situation in the offseason yeah I, I gotta go through that. all righty thanks for jumping on with me Anthony I'll see Anytime. you in a little bit Guys, don't forget you're gonna you're gonna actually see me on Anthony's show in a little while, breaking walls and deflating balls. So yeah, we're gonna have a lot more uncensored, uh, unfiltered New York Jets talk. Thanks, Anthony, thank you again for joining me. Appreciate you. Yeah, brother. Take care. All right. So now, ladies and gentlemen, we're kind of we're we're coming up against it. I got about another minute and a half in the show, and I'm just gonna do this. Zach Wilson still sucks. And most of all, what I want to say is I want to thank you guys for rocking with me every single week right over here on Weapons Hot Mission Briefs. Without this show, we are absolutely nothing without you. I cannot appreciate you. Uh, I cannot tell you how much I appreciate you guys enough. Any SSP for giving me the opportunity to put this platform on the on their network. So, again, I apologize about the uh, technical delays this morning. Um, this evening hopefully next week uh, will will be a little bit smoother so with that ladies and gentlemen my name is cj the painkiller Simone, and i'm signing off for tonight i will see you guys want to see you guys peace love go jets jets dolphins friday night make sure you have your liquor ready because it's gonna be a bloodbath